This is the Self-Help Hipster Podcast, Season 2, Episode 6. Radical candor. Honesty is no longer such a lonely word. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the Self-Help Hipster Podcast. My name is Liana from the selfhelphipster.com. And my name is Andrew Chin from andrewchin.co. And today we're bringing you a brand new episode of one of our favorite things to do recording this podcast. We'll be talking about 30-day challenges, making a comeback. We have a listener's question. We talk about the book Radical Candor by Kim Scott, our pop culture pleasures and our obsessions. Let's go, let's go. Woo! And once again, we are sitting next to each other because of some audio technical problems. I don't know. Technical difficulties. My favorite difficulty. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) It usually means I get to buy new things. Okay. Which is nice, but expensive. Yeah. Yeah. How fun for you. But fun. Okay. 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 So, Andrew, how are you? Real quick. Uh, real quick, I'm very, very good. Real good. quick. How about you, real quick? Real quick, I'm doing pretty good. I'm happy. I can see that. Good, good. I'm glad I look it. <laughs> um, so, Andrew and I, before the show, we try to talk to each other as little as possible before the show because we always tend to... like Save some content yeah, for the show. Exactly, our most used quote before our show. Um, but we were talking about the 30-day challenges and Andrew correctly suggested that maybe it would be a nice thing to bring back the 30-day challenges. Bring it back. And can you explain why, Andrew? Well, because... Um, I like it because it's such a it's a smaller but concrete bit smaller than the book yeah but it's also something that is really part of a format it's like um, it's something you, you can you can use it's yeah. something that can be inspiring if you want to it it inspires you maybe to think about your own challenge yeah um Plus, it's something to, you know, to to give a theme to your next month. Exactly. And the other thing is, is that before we did a couple of episodes where we just basically asked each other how we were, and then we sort of start like stream of consciousness rambling, which I love, and I'm really good at it, but it's really unstructured. And when we are talking about our 30-day challenges, which is something that can be any sort of different thing for the upcoming 30 days or the past 30 days, um, it's sort of the same thing as like, how are you? Because you are talking about the way that you're currently doing, um, but it's just more in a, yeah, in a framework. And that might be good for two people who are somewhat chaotic and yeah. just talk all the time. And I think it's um, a, little mo- a little bit more useful for you. Yeah, the listener. absolutely. Yeah. And we do care about you. We care. <laughs> we care. <laughs> so... Um, well, let's dive into our 30-day challenge. Brand new, coming back, making a comeback. Ever, ever, ever. My 30-day challenge. All right, so my 30-day challenge is that I am back offline. No way. I am, yeah. I. Um, what for? Because it's, I just like it when it's quiet in my head. <laughs> and it's so much more quiet in my head when, I don't, uh, when I'm not on social media. Uh, I don't know for how long I'm going to do it. Last year, um, I basically disappeared over the summer for like three months. For the most part, at least. 
Um, and I kind of, and then I did it because I felt like shit. But now I feel pretty good and I want to continue feeling pretty good. And it really like gave me a lot of like peace. And it was very like, it was an oasis of serenity and tranquility. And mm-hmm. so I just decided to give it, give it another go. Um, so I deleted my Instagram from my phone. Uh, I no longer tweet. Um, I, I did actually write a blog post. <gasps> Cue the audience gasping in shock because who saw that coming? Um, but I, I'm just, uh, and I deleted Snapchat. I just got rid of the social media on my phone and I try to go on there as little as possible, which is hard to do. It is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, I can imagine because yeah. it's, don't, don't you have like these, these. Um... I am on Twitter while I am on Twitter. You know what I mean? So uh... I have Twitter open on my, on my phone and then I open Twitter in my, on my Safari on my MacBook. <laughs> That's literally things that happen to me like on a very daily basis, <laughs> which is the dumbest thing. So I'm sort of like going cold turkey and detoxing from that. So it's going to be a month of fasting? Yeah. Or like a detox? Just to get, and then you, you'll, you'll be back. I th- yeah, yeah, obviously I'll come back. But um, wh- what's the difference between a detox and a fast? No, 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 no difference. No, right? No, no, no okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Am I doing it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Help. Um, so that's my... And you don't have a cheat day? It's just cold turkey for 30 days? Well, I'm trying. And as I said before, it's very, very hard. And <laughs> coincidentally, one of my obsessions has to do with Twitter. So that's kind of a very difficult contradiction right there. Um, but the thing is, I do notice that it really helps if I don't post something myself, because uh, I love the interaction and I love like making jokes and talking to people and making observations. That's one of the reasons that I love, love, love Twitter so much. And I love Instagram for basically the same reason, except when I take pictures. So by not engaging myself and by not putting anything out there, there's less uh, interaction, which makes it easier to sort of let it go a little bit more and be a little bit more just in the now. So that helps. Oh, that is a huge difference. Right? Yeah. 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 Because the, all the, all the, the endorphins and stuff comes from getting likes. Yeah. It's dumb, but it's like, it sounds dumb, but it's biology. Like nobody can help that that happens. I like it when people reply to my tweets. I like it when I get retweets. That's not something that I strive for and that's like a personal goal. But every time it happens, like the dopamine releases in my brain, I just like go, ooh, and then my brain wants more of that. Yeah. 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 So I'm staying off social media um, and I want to focus more like on my own writing, on maybe writing some blogs, uh, I'm writing my book. I'm just going to focus a bit more on that and just stay away from social media for a while. It's very nice and quiet. So there we go. But you really don't need a cheat day? No. Okay. No. Besides, like, what happens occasionally is that it just sort of, like, happens automatically, where before I even know it, I've opened Twitter on my phone. Like, Instagram, not so much. I'm completely, like, over Instagram in the sense that it's not something that I partake in as much as I do in Twitter. Um, so occasionally I will have opened the Twitter, um, the, the, the link to Twitter before I've even realized it because it's a habit, it's ingrained in my system. So that takes a bit. And then then every time I realize it, I like, I click and I close and and I let it go. So occasionally I get some info, but it's so much less than it usually is. And I, I, for, for now, that's nice. Good. Yeah. Like it. Yes. So that's mine. What's yours? Mine is I'm going to draw again. Nice. Every day because... 
I hate that I don't do it. Yeah, because I, you I, love it. I do make illustrations for, yeah. for work yeah. and for clients, but not for me. Uh, I haven't done uh, a personal illustration in months. So I think th that's why I yeah. really like the 30-day challenge. It's like I'm going to challenge myself again. Nice. And try to create the habit of drawing you know for myself. I'm, as I hear you talking, I'm thinking, and this is... A, very selfish, but B, genuinely, because I feel like it might help Like if you have something concrete. Would it be an idea if I send you, like, every once in a while, I'll send you an article and you try to make an illustration for it? <gasps> like, have a prompt from me. Oh, that would be amazing. Really? I would love that so much. <laughs> and I put them on, I'll put them with my blogs. Yeah. Because there's no real time schedule for that anyway, so I can put those out whenever. Sure. That would be so fun. <laughs> Yay. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's okay, do perfect. It. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. All right. So next up, we have our second segment. Listening in. <laughs> Listening in. So this is a listener, uh, one of my friends. Oh, and I do, I do have to, have to, have to say this because it's, I just love it so much. Andrew, every single one of my boyfriend's friends listens to our podcast. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> it's so fun. On, at my birthday, which Andrew, uh, which Andrew was there as well. And it was so funny because a lot of them were there and um, everyone was like, oh, that's Andrew. Andrew's from the podcast. And they just went over to Andrew and they started talking to him in English. And I was just standing there because we both can speak Dutch. We're both Dutch. So and they were talking to, to Andrew in English and Andrew is super polite. So he just talked back in English. And at one point I'm just like, guys, you know, he can speak Dutch, right? And they were just like, what? So it was really, really funny. And after... Um, because those were like five of Vincent's friends. Like they, they loved. So hi guys, I love you. You're awesome for listening. <laughs> and afterwards, one of my, one of the other friends, he texted me and was just like, okay, his fiance, which is one of our friends as well, has started listening to our podcast. And she started somewhere at the beginning because she's in the subway and then she listens, listens to our podcast. Hi, Madalena. Hi. How cool. And she bought Mary Kondo's book Ooh. and she started cleaning their house like nobody's business. And he was just like, thank you. And it was just so funny. Wow, that is so nice. Right? I thought it was just so cool. So I have a lot of friends that are listening and I think that's so dope. Thank you guys. And for anyone who doesn't know me, you're my internet friend and thank you for listening as well, obviously. Um, but one of my friends who also listens to the podcast from time to time actually asked me this question. And it is somewhat related to the book. So that's why I wanted to include that question for now, which is basically this. So he, we, he and I were talking and he basically said, OK, I have this problem where I just don't say what I feel and I don't say what I want. So basically, I just sort of let happen whatever someone else wants. Uh, and I don't really express my feelings if that's not necessarily what I want, because he told me that he had friends that he tried to do that with uh, and then it just sort of blew up in his face. And um, sometimes he feels left out when uh, some of his other friends go do something without him, without telling him, and he doesn't really know how to, how to express this. So basically the question is more or less, how do I learn to express what I want and what I feel? Because it's scary to do that and you can face negative repercussions, especially from people that are close to you. If they reject you and they don't treat it the way that it should be treated, like with respect and listening and trying to figure out a way to better do it next time. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you sort of do that? And Andrew and I were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. And basically, here's what I said. You are the only one who can 
make sure that what you want and what you need is expressed and taken care of. As I said before, everyone has his, has his or her own agenda. Like your friends want to go, go do this, but maybe you want to go do that. And if you don't express your agenda, nobody will. You have to take care of what you want because if you don't, nobody might. So that's one of the reasons to sort of keep in mind that it's very important to learn to say, okay, I like your idea, but I'm really tired or I have a headache. So I would rather stay at home or go somewhere quiet. If like, if people suggest that you go out or something. Um, and if someone can disagree and you can try to figure it out together, or you can decide not to do something together, but you have to say what you want and what you need. But I know that it's hard, especially when you're afraid to get rejected by the people that you love. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the other scenario where maybe you are working together mm -hmm. and you're working together on a project. Yeah. And you're afraid to say what you think or what you want. Then maybe it's a good idea to think about the baby. You know, yes. it's not about ego. It's, it's about, about the baby. It's yeah. about the baby. Yeah. You want the thing to be the best thing ever. Yeah. So if you don't challenge your other person, then yeah, you'll it's going to be a you'll worse have baby. An ugly baby. Yeah. Don't have an ugly baby. Don't have an ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> so it's important to, 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 to say what you, what you want. And you can like, there's so many information about how to be assertive without being a dick. So it's not that you're a bitch yeah, or like that you're we'll read mean. This book. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, that's my segue into the book. Like we talked about this a little and I told him like, you need to, express what you feel even if it's scary and you need to say what you want even though you're afraid of what someone else might say or do after um, and you should read this book yeah. radical candor by kim scott and he looked it up and he was just like but this is a book for managers how will it apply to me and i was like oh honey honey it will apply to you for sure because everything is management. Everything is and management. We are all managers. Managing your relationship, managing your life, even if it's not managing at work, you are definitely managing something. Yeah. So let's go into the book. And there's one more thing. Oh, yeah. It's goddamn sexy. Y you think managing is sexy? <laughs> mm, no, no, no. Um, uh, expressing what you oh, think. Oh, yes. Very much so. Having an opinion. Being real, having an opinion, saying, no, I don't want that. Having, yes, I do want having that. Having a, a, a spine. Yes. Having a spine is it's sexy. sexy. Yes. People will love you. I think so. Yeah. You should put your backbone you, into because, what you do. Because people want to, want to know who you are. Yeah. They don't want a, a yes man. No. They want to see who you are. Because people love to be challenged. People do. Even... Though they may uh, give the impression that they don't want to be challenged. But they do want to be challenged. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Book time. Book of the month. Okay. So this book is written by Kim Scott. And she basically talks about all our experiences that she had working in huge, huge, huge corporations <laughs> like Google and Apple. Well, she doesn't work at Apple, but she has experience with people who have worked at Apple. Yeah. No, she worked at Apple. Oh, did she? Okay. Sorry. I just get everything confused because I confuse her with the one that she also talked about in the book. Cheryl's yeah, the one yeah. who also has the book from A to B or something. Yeah. Yeah. That one. So in this book, she explains basically how to be a good manager by 
being honest and making sure that what you say is useful, challenging, and good feedback. But honest, always honest. Mm -hmm. And in the book, she goes into uh, the different ways because she she basically has two important things to keep in mind. If you want to be able to practice radical candor, as she she calls it, you should care personally about the job, about the people that you work with, about the project, or in whatever case you can also say in relationships about your life or whatever, as well as challenging directly. So that you can say something to someone in order to make something better or to make that person better yeah, or help them in any sort of way. Yeah. And that creates a quadrant, right? That creates a quadrant with four different... Quadrants. Quadrants. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, uh, all are very, very interesting. What uh, is that called when you have four quadrants? I think you call it quadrants in a quadrant, right? Or I don't know. I don't know. Four segments in the quadrant. Leave it in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> So there's radical candor, which is something that you should strive for, which is basically when you care and when you challenge someone directly. But there's also, and that's, that's, I think, one of the best ones to start with to talk about, ruinous empathy. Uh. And ruinous empathy is when you care so much, you no longer say what should be said. And I feel like me and so many people tend to go into that quadrant. I love the example of the dog. Oh, yes. It's such an, a perfect example. Yeah. She loves her dog so much and she doesn't want to, you know, discipline the dog. Yeah. And um, one day she was um, creating an unsafe situation by letting the dog do its thing. And the dog wanted to cross the street without yep. sitting. And, some, and there were some, cars and yeah, everything. It's yeah. very dangerous. And this guy, he saw it happening. And the dog was going like, rah, rah, rah. Mm. and the guy was like, ma'am, I can see that you love the dog Perfect. very much. But <laughs> yes, if you do not discipline the dog, he's going to die. Which is harsh, <laughs> but true. And then the guy was like, sit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the and dog, the dog <laughs> sat. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a good and it's metaphor. a it's a perfect perfect example. And then I think afterwards he just walked away and he just sort of yelled behind like <laughs> it's not mean, it's direct. And then he just sort of walked <laughs> oh, off. Yeah, and I thought yeah. it was so funny because yeah. it's true. And I feel like it also for me it sort of like sparked uh, the association with parenting because I know this really really beautiful quote about raising a child and having to discipline your child because your child is fucked up shit yeah. that needs to be disciplined. And then there's this quote that says. I have to teach you because otherwise the world will teach you and the world does not love you. (laughs) And I thought it's so beautiful, but that's actually the way that it is in many a situation. It's not me. It's not mean. It's clear. clear. Yeah. It's not mean. It's clear. That's the one. Yeah. So, and ruinous empathy. I recognize so much of that quadrant in the way that I communicates from time to time it's getting better and i it had to get better because i was not doing anyone any favors by really being like showing a lot of empathy but not Mm -hmm. really saying what needed to be said i work with students and sometimes a student needs to hear you're fucking it up or sometimes a student needs to hear from this is your own fault and i know that's hard to hear your work yeah your work is shit the way that steve jobs also said people's work was shit um but especially in the beginning that he's not saying you are shit Exactly. But your work is shit. Exactly. And especially at the beginning of my career, I tended to sort of like always 
just be encouraging and 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 not really saying giving any real criticism and i definitely came back from that because criticism is necessary for someone to grow yeah sorry about it but it's true yeah so there's ruinous empathy next to radical candor but then when you don't care and you don't challenge um personally like directly there's manipulative insincerity which is basically <laughs> oh you did such a great job well you I, a you don't give a Guilty. shit and b it's not true yeah yes you do that from time to time andrew oh, tell yeah. us about it uh, no I, I won't oh. but, <laughs> but fair I, I, and smart i completely recognize that one. yeah yeah the the, the the previous one ruinous empathy i do with family oh sure it's yeah. all the time but the thing is people uh, can take things very very personal yeah that's why people cannot take criticism any at all at the moment i feel you know it's like you know they're not gonna be able to no and they're gonna be <laughs> mad at you forever yeah and we can remember that you said that forever and there's a quote in the book of, uh, about that as well leave three important things unsaid every day right uh, or unimportant things maybe go. yeah there so like pick your battles obviously so there's um the men so then you can maybe in, with family maybe a little bit more of yeah. the ruinous empathy and the mani- manipulative insincerity and then there is another one, which is called obnoxious aggression, which is basically you don't give a shit or you're going to be critical and harsh anyway, which is not good. Yeah, that's not me. No. But if someone's an asshole, sometimes... In, no, I don't. No. No. No, I... Like, there's no point. If I have criticism or if I have bad news or if I have something to say, um, I, always, I try to be clear, mm-hmm. but friendly. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know... More and more, I've become radically candid. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I recognize myself in that one. Good. A lot. That's a. That's a. I think yeah. that's a very healthy sign. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm. Um, from for myself, I know. Apart from the manipulative <laughs> insincerity <laughs> from, time time. from time to time. When you gotta get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in uh, uh, I feel like. For me, it, it basically has two um, two things. I find it very stressful to deal with other people's criticism on me because that's something that I take personally too quickly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly how that developed because I love getting better at things, but I just I have a, re- a really hard time um, not taking feedback personal. Because I want to do such a good job. It's the perfectionism, probably. Mm. I want to do such a good job that feedback can um, can feel very threatening. And I can get, like, stressed out over that. That doesn't mean that I don't welcome it. And I try to sort of, like, not make that the most important thing about the feedback and the criticism and that situation. Because the most important thing is I have to... Apparently, I have to learn to do something better. So I have to get that information on how to do it better. Yeah. At the same time, I find it incredibly stressful to give someone negative feedback. I have a hard time telling people that they're wrong. Because I, like I said before in a previous podcast, I tend to doubt myself. Uh, and then I'm just like, oh, it's probably not right. It's probably, mm-hmm. they probably have it right and I just don't understand it well enough or whatever. But it's definitely a learning curve and it's definitely better now. And I can just say, okay, I feel like this should be communicated more clearly. Could you please do ABC or 
um, when a colleague tells me, okay, you have to do this and that, can you do it like that more than you did before? That stuff I can 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 take quite quite okay. Okay. Yeah. How about I, you? I love getting criticism. Yeah, but I, I feel like I within feel your job, when it comes really? To, yeah, I mean, like tell that's me disgusting what, and awesome. <laughs> tell me, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me. Tell me what you think of me, yeah, okay. or 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 my work, or, or yeah. what I'm doing. Okay. Um, and then I'm like completely nervous, mm-hmm. but I feel alive. Okay. It's like, oh yeah, let's go. Plus, I have a feeling that when you come up with things to say mm-hmm. that are genuine, yeah, it's like you really care. True. And that makes gives me such a connection. Yeah. To you, it's it's. It's weird. Okay. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. You know, there is one time I um, invited someone I admire. I invited that mm-hmm. guy for lunch. And first, it was super awkward because I was such a fanboy. Yeah. I, I knew everything he read and mm-hmm. I, 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 I talked about everything that he had done, had done and all, all the opinions he had. And I, I agreed with everything. And it was like, and I saw him going like oh god this mm-hmm. sucks so then we we had some food mm-hmm. and, and then suddenly um i had had a, had a little a little bit a little bit of a criticism on, on the title of his book mm. i think i and remember this it story was that moment yeah. that the whole conversation turned around yeah suddenly he was interested i remember that suddenly story. he yeah. was like yeah Tell me and more. he respected me from that moment yeah and then he gave me like 10 books. It's like, it's, it's so weird. Because that's where the... I challenged honest. him. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, it felt sincere to him. Yeah. That the I, honest connection yeah. was created in that yeah. very moment. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. I think about oh, that a lot. Interesting. So in the book, Kim basically tells you a lot about... Like, it's a very... It, it is true. The book is very much focused on to be how to be a good manager and how to be effective in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can definitely take all of those lessons with you throughout your life, so that doesn't really matter that much. But and it's also very interesting to 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 read about these different experiences that she's had in different companies oh, yeah. and all these different employees. All the mistakes she made. And all the mistakes she made, which is actually I love listening to people about like yeah. going on about their mistakes because that's where the learning happens oh, and yeah. that's the interesting stuff. And one of the things that I I wrote down a couple of quotes from the book. And um, one of my favorite ones was the one where they, again, it's about a dog. And <laughs> I don't know exactly what she, I don't, ex- don't know the exact phrasing, but it's basically this. Some people have such a high level of that ruinous empathy that they rather cut off the dog's tail an yeah. inch at the time yeah. instead of just cutting off the entire thing in one go. Actually sparing the dog a lot of pain yeah it's basically your desire to spare the dog or someone pain is only leads to more pain and that is so true yeah like so true. Di- like especially like i i always think about that when it comes to um difficult decisions at work like or in my case like telling a student that it's probably not going to work or in work when you're working with someone and it's definitely not going to work but also in dating and relationships Mm-hmm. When you're not really feeling it, how about you just come out and say it instead of just ghosting someone and just sort of like, <laughs> like, or when you break up with someone, don't go, it's, 
me uh, not you um i just need time and i need to work on myself you know i understand the 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 specific i understand why you do that because you don't want to hurt someone but you're already hurting them anyway you know i you just have to be clear yeah it's not mean it's not mean it's clear yeah and yeah that's one of my opinions on that. But that's something, that's why the book is so good. Yeah. Because it teaches you about that radical candor mm. within the workplace. But how to basically, and the, but the insights and the reasons why are things to keep in mind as you go about your daily life as well. In life, in love, in whatever. Oh my God, there are so many things yeah. in the book. I have to read it again. Right? Yeah. And what I also loved about the book is that... In the beginning, it's a lot of like talking and a lot of explaining and stories and all of that. And at one point, I'm just like, you know what? I kind I kind of get the picture, but can I just can I please just sort of get some actual tips and actual stuff? And then the book changes into uh-huh. um, actually giving you the part two, which is tools and techniques. Yeah, which is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Reading that made me want to start my own company. Right? I wanted to be a manager all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah. So true. It's like, oh, these guys, I'm so jealous of of her that she met Larry Page and she worked with that, those people with with Steve Jobs and Larry Page. Amazing. What? Yeah. Yeah. And those teams and the people, the, 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 the high performers. And I also, I also really love those little examples that she gave of things that she learned because of the clear feedback that someone gave her. For example, it's something small, but she was giving a, a presentation and afterwards she, I think she, that was talking to Cheryl. Mm-hmm. She was talking to Cheryl and Cheryl said, uh, okay, you did really well, but you said, um, a lot. And she automatically, probably from like a defense mechanism or whatever, she just sort of like waved her hand around and she was just like, yeah, but you know, the main message counts, blah, blah, blah. Because that's another thing. People get defensive in the sense that they either explain why Mm -hmm. they are doing a thing that they do or explain why it's not such a big deal, which diminishes the feedback that you give to someone. Uh, And it also is basically, I'm not going to take this feedback. I don't want it. Eh close think about the person who gave the feedback exactly so but then cheryl basically says okay if you make that little hand gesture i sort of assume that you don't care you're not going to do something about it but you really should because saying amala makes you sound stupid (laughs) bam shade but so true (laughs) and that message connected with her and then she was like okay yeah she's right i need to and then she got a speech speaking coach amazing right yeah and another one that I really liked, and then you can take over the you can <laughs> no, take no, you no, can no, take no, the floor no. because then I I'm just have one more. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> and another thing that I really really liked was that um, she had the tendency to quickly send out an email. I don't oh, have yeah. that at all. I am the complete <laughs> opposite. But she sends out some emails that aren't exactly wise to put out there. And then one of her bosses basically just once said to her. Well, you're awfully fast to hit send. And you're she, awfully fast to hit send. And then she she basically says after every time I write an email, I hear that in my head and I sometimes don't send the email. Like it's a lesson that she takes with her like forever. And I thought it was just so, so That's good. That's such a good moment. Yeah. And another thing um, I loved is that she talks about the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated, which is always a very good rule of thumb to keep in mind. But... 
She also then adds that there's also the platinum rule. Do unto others what you know they would want to be done. So, for example, with hugs, like I'm a hugger and I love getting hugs and I love giving hugs. But there's people out there that hate hugs and they do not want my sweaty arms around them. And they there are do not who want hate hugs. Of course, there's people who hate hugs. And Kim writes about that in her book, like some of her coworkers enjoy like being close or um, like certain topics of conversation or talking about the personal lives, while others do not. And they do not like physical contact and they don't want to get like a hug for their birthday or whatever. So basically, um, you also have to sort of get to know people around you in terms of coworkers, yeah. friends, and if you, if you have employees, your employees, and realize what they're comfortable with mm. and what they like. So golden rule, platinum rule. Yeah, she. There was one day <clears throat> when she was um, nonstop hearing the problems of her co- of her, yeah. her her employees. It's like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she complained to her boss, her own yeah. boss, or her friend, uh, yeah, a friend of yeah. hers. The, 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 maybe it was Cheryl. Yeah, it might have yeah. been. And she said, oh, "I um um." I'm constantly. I feel, I feel like I'm a yeah, babysitter. I'm yeah. Um, and then the 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 girl said, "No, Mm-mm. this is your job. Yep. This is the job. This is the job. This is the job. If you're a manager, this is the job. Yeah. Ah, that opened my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And I have. I I'd completely paraphrased it completely to death. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> the the general story. <laughs> checks out um, better. I do have to I do have to say about this book um, sometimes it would get a little bit too much into like all the fluff like I wanted more actual like talk about radical candor expressing more especially in the tools and technique parts so event like at some part there was this thing like how to avoid burnout and exhaustion and i was just like bitch if i wanted to learn that i would read another book tell me how to be clear and honest with people mm. so sometimes it would get, get sort of like away from the general message and mm-hmm. that was not my favorite part yeah agree yeah basically yeah although in that part in tools and techniques there was also figure out your recipe which is something that resonated with me greatly because in that she basically says you have to figure out what works for you for kim scott it's basically okay i have to be able to uh, eat breakfast and dinner with my family i have to be able to take a romantic weekend with my husband uh, four times a year and i have to have one big uh, two-week holiday with my siblings and my parents if i manage to do that then i don't get kooky even no matter <laughs> what goes on around you which basically shows how self-care yeah. you should figure out your own recipe but oh, if yeah. there's self-care you can handle a lot because her job is pretty fucking stressful if I can oh, yeah, gather yeah, that yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. So that was basically my main my main opinions about the book. One, it's very good to start thinking in those little quadrants because if quadrants because if you do yeah. quand, la quandra, la um, if you because if you do, you <laughs> can there's a name for a girl. Eh? Right? La quandra? Yeah, la quandra, la chandra, friandra. No, but um, if you keep those quadrants in mind, whenever you are communicating with someone, you can basically like choose. have you know, you can choose. yeah, but you can no you seriously, can but you can have like a little moment where you okay, what am I doing? Am mm. I being like, am I being honest and clear, or am I like diverting into 
manipulative insincerity or am I going into um, uh, the, 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 the other one, the ruinous empathy. Yeah. Um, and there was one exercise that I loved, loved, loved. And I think that anyone who is listening is going to love this one too. You know how you sometimes have a conversation with someone and afterwards you're just like, fuck, that did not, A, it did not accomplish what I want and B, um, I have a really shitty feeling about it. Yeah. So this exercise, you basically have the left and the right column. And what you do in the right column, you write down what you said in that conversation. And on the left column, you write down what you actually wanted to say. Mm. And that way you can, because it's a very good exercise to also learn how much do you censor yourself? How much do you filter? Yes. And that's a good exercise, especially for people like me who tend to be very nice um, and sometimes forgetting that they are allowed to not agree and allowed to hate an idea and allowed to say, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. So left column, right column exercise. Good 30-day challenge, no filter. Right. That would be an excellent one. Yeah. I'm going to keep that in mind for the next month. Yeah. Because it's too. so good to be honest, you guys. It's so good. It's hard, but good. Like candy. <laughs> anyway, do you recommend the book, Andrew? I've already recommended the book to several people. I know, me too. Like instantly. I was reading it, and then people started calling me mm-hmm. about shit. And it's like, you know what you should read? You know what you need? <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Even th- if you're not a manager, Absolutely. even if you're not a boss, mm-hmm. everything is management, which is the title of my new book. Now, everything is management. <laughs> Out in stores, <laughs> January 2018. <Woo-hoo>. Self-published. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yeah, so we definitely recommend the book. Um, you have to sort of skip over a couple of parts, I think, that are not that related to radical candor, unless you enjoy reading all of that, that's fine. <laughs> but the, the general message is very, very good yeah. and clear. And I think that the tips are very nice as well. The tools and technique part is quite good. Pop culture pleasure. All right. So my pop culture pleasure is actually I, I'm bringing back an oldie because Vincent and I have started re-watching The Office. Really? Yes. Have you seen The Office, Andrew? Uh, English or No, the American US. one. The um, English one is only one season. Oh, really? Yeah, the American one is know. like nine or something. Maybe wow. eight. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So the whole love story is... Uh, Oh, I love Jim and Pam uh, that so is, much. That is the, the best, best TV couple of all time. Isn't it? It's perfect yeah. it's so perfect yeah so we start we start watching <laughs> and it's really really funny because vincent and i both love the office just like we we have very much the same taste in, in terms of pop culture and all mm-hmm. that stuff but we ha- and we have a couple of episodes that are just so cringy that are just because michael scott the the who's played by steve carell he's so good but he every time he opens his mouth i'm just like oh my god stop (laughs) talking i mean you're killing me man you're killing me and except except when he says that's what she said that is the best yeah okay but that's the only like the and that uh, and he does that in the but he does that in the most awkward moments and he's such a ho- he's a horrible manager like he's the worst like if you tie this like my pop culture pleasure to the book he is the worst manager of all time it's either it's any of the quadrants except radical candor yeah 
He has a desperate need to be liked. Yeah. He has a desperate need to 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 make friends. Uh, he has he cannot offer feedback or criticism in any type of way. He's completely incompetent. He's one of the worst managers of all time. And that makes the character so amazing. And that makes it actually amazing. But there's this one episode where there's a dinner party between Pim, uh, Jim and Pam mm-hmm. are there and they're having dinner with Michael and the girlfriend at the time, Jen, who is a complete crazy person. And then Dwight comes along with a date <laughs> and then yeah. Andy and Angela come along and it's just all so horrible. And it's just like, and in one, at one point during the episode, Jim actually says, okay, Jen and Michael are having a contest on who can make the situation most uncomfortable for everyone and they're both winning (laughs) so Vincent and I were looking forward to that episode and we were watching it and we were both just sort of like half turned from the TV (laughs) half turned towards each other just like why are we watching this why do we why do we do this to ourselves and why do we actually look (laughs) forward to this moment and it's just it's a really really fun show and it's easy to watch and all the characters are just so funny and um so I'm we're, we're watching those now, and I actually ordered all the DVDs for Parks and Rec. You ordered DVDs? I did because, <laughs> yeah, I, because it's not on Netflix, oh. and I wanted to watch Parks and Rec, but I do want to support like I don't, I don't want to do it yeah. illegally. I re I was I was wondering who was who still buys DVDs. Well, yeah. it was me. Oh, Amazon, you're, Amazon, you're, you're welcome. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. But I ordered them through Amazon because if I ordered them on the Dutch website, they cost Amazon. me. Amazon.co.uk or I don't know. Amazon. Probably Prime. Amazon.com. Can you order things on American Amazon? Apparently, I can because something's on its way to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> because um. If I bought it in the Netherlands, it would cost me 260 euros for the box. Oh my God. While the box in the United States was $30. So yeah. it's just like, fuck that noise. Yeah. So that was mine. What's yours? Uh, my pop culture pleasure is two things. Yeah. Um, every, every day after dinner, I'm like, yes, now I can watch some more uh, Stephen Colbert monologue. Oh my on God. Trump. I love. I watch all the Trump comedy. Mm-hmm. It's a goldmine, to it's be honest. It's so good. Yeah. It's sad that it's it's so happening. Good. I but love it's so it good. so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's sad what? that it's happening, but I can't wait. <laughs> you can't wait. What he does next? I can't wait to see what's next. <laughs> yeah. What what's your What's your favorite one so far? Oh God. Um. Ooh, the one where Stephen Colbert really really insults him yeah okay oh my god that's like whoa there's a lot of controversy about yeah. that actually like yeah. with the with the joke about mm-hmm. like uh, f- filleting uh putin uh-huh yeah yeah but that's that's one of those uh what do you call that um politically yeah. correct uh, issues things you know you know what the thing is i don't is? like that yeah you know what the thing about that is and i actually like maybe i'll write a blog post about this at one point in time like the thing is I feel like you should make, be able to make jokes about anything. Me too. Like everything, like from cancer to to, to pedophiles in the church to whatever. And I know that's a, that's a really harsh thing to say, but hear me out. You can make jokes about everything because I do believe it actually lightens the conversation. And you're allowed not to find a joke funny, mm-hmm. but you should be allowed to make any sort of joke. And uh, on the one hand, I am 100% for making more jokes about the majority 
like white people or white girls or white guys because it is something to it's something to sort of like overthrow the power in a in a very like lighthearted funny non-threatening way so i think it's healthy and good to make more jokes about the about the majority than about the minorities because the minorities are in a position of less power mm-hmm. therefore it's better to make jokes that help them than jokes that may of a offend them and b not be good for their power you know what i mean so that's one thing that i always keep in mind when i make jokes i never make jokes that i find tasteless and i try to make jokes that sort of like actually make things better but in the sense like the joke about putin and trump was not a gay joke this was not a joke about gay men having sex this was not a joke about gay men having a love affair this was a joke about trump being the absolute dumbest little basically slave of putin yeah and that had nothing to do with the, with the sexual part of it. It has to do with the fact that Putin has Trump all the way uh, like under his thumb mm-hmm. and can make him do whatever. Yeah. That's the joke. That's the joke, yeah. See, so that's why I wasn't offended. And I was just like, you know, I don't really see how this is the problem, you know? And he explained it very well the I next thought, day. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. 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 Yours, you're up. Um, well, I just you probably have uh, like six. okay, really, really, really quickly <laughs> because ahead. I know uh, like this is sort of like the the bingo when you <laughs> listen to our episode. So one time we say meta, one time we 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 go off on a tangent, and one time Liana mentions RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> so this is that moment. If you don't want to hear it, just sing a song inside your head until I'm done. So season nine nine is already well on its way, and it's been amazing. And I just I live for it every every saturday morning when after it has aired in the united states i find it online and it's just it gives me so much joy and it's so fun and it's so I love beautiful it. It so much joy. yeah it's just amazing so that's my that's that one oh yeah i'm just keeping it short <laughs> oh, because oh, i can imagine short. that everyone's just like oh her with her drag queens <laughs> oh did i oh i meant i met trixie mattel Oh, talk, talk about it. Really quickly. Please, because on you the, went on yeah. a trip and it was awesome. I went on a trip with uh, with my friend Anushka and we went to see Trixie Mattel. And we had a meet and greet with both Trixie Mattel and Max, which was her opening act. And it was just, the show was so fun and so funny. And Trixie Mattel was the sweetest person to meet <laughs> in real life. And she looked amazing in her crazy makeup and her beautiful clothes. And I had such a cute little conversation with her. And then they made a picture and I'll put the picture in the show notes. And I just looked like the happiest kid on the planet. I look like I just won the lottery. I look so, so yeah. happy. It's so funny. So yeah, that was, and it was just a beautiful experience. And I'm definitely, as soon as she comes back to the UK, I'm going back there, 100%. <laughs> All right, now yours. Um, I am watching the new series of Master, no, no, Master of None. Oh, nice. And I'm obsessed with it because the first episodes are in Italy. Oh, really? Oh, that's and, fun. And um, he, he, he spent some time in Italy also uh, uh, learning to speak Italian. Oh, and cool. it was exactly what I did. That's so, so fun it's like, to watch. Whoa. And he's one of those guys, he kind of looks like me, and he kind of is me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also his friend, 
I love the whole the way the way how how sweet they are. Yeah, and, they're really nice. And they're so nerdy and so funny. And they. I love haven't food. seen. I only have seen like uh, the first two or three episodes, and it never really grasped me. But I I think I should pick it up again. Oh, uh, you don't have to because no, I, I don't know. It's it's it's. It's, it's a free country, but you know, yeah. like. I mean, you don't. Maybe you don't even have to take the the first. No, maybe you I should can start watch, with the second. Yeah, start watching because season it's, two. It's 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 pretty yeah. good. Okay. Okay, I mean, cool. it's not for everybody because it's too sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's really sweet, but I love it. Okay, okay I love okay. it so much. And the, the, he speaks Italian and he eats food and mm. he says things like, <gasps> "Eating in Italy is my favorite thing." Uh-uh. Eating in Italy is my favorite thing. I love Aziz Ansari. He's uh, also really, really good in Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, he's so yeah. good in that. I can't believe that I haven't mentioned this yet, but have you already seen season three of the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I haven't started yet. Sorry. Oh my god! You oh uh, do I, yeah? yes. Is it, oh, is it urgent I, pressing? It urgent pressing. Like I don't know what you have to do for the rest of the day, but cancel <laughs> those fucking plans, man. I watched them on the day that it came out. I basically I had I had a meeting that morning, and then afterwards I had lunch with Mariette, and then I just basically just just like went home closed all the doors and windows and i just binge watched the entire fucking thing yeah. it's so good okay i'm gonna call in titus so. okay i'm i don't want to spoil this because so la 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 i <laughs> but it's in the preview so it's not really a spoiler titus does lemonade oh it's amazing i was gonna say beyonce yes beyonce 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 <laughs> So I keep forgetting to say that to people <laughs> when I get when I get my wine. Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> you go, sir. Beyonce. This morning, uh, this is random, but like oh, when I'm, I'm in Paris, I should say it. You totally should. Yeah. Like uh, people are going to be so confused. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. This is actually one thing that I sort of like. Uh, my brain without social media just goes every which way so because it's bored, so it starts thinking about all these dumb <laughs> things. Good. And people were texting me. Like a couple of different ones, and then I, then my brain sort of just went, "Wouldn't it be fun if you replied to those messages, but not to those people, but to other random people in your phone list, and see what happens?" Oh. So if people ask you, like, "Hey, do you want to go out tonight?" You just, you just scroll through your list and you pick, I don't know, Stephanie, and you say, "Oh yeah, that sounds fun." And then when they like have a question mark, you just don't explain it. You just sort of leave it hanging. Like, why did you randomly text me? Like, sounds fun. And I sort of thought about that in my head and I created a whole like challenge in it and they're just like, okay, but this like it's gonna create so much chaos. <laughs> Isn't that the most amazing thing? Being bored creates yeah. such you have creativity. To be bored. Yeah, being bored is really, really good for the brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's essential. why you should, Yeah, it's essential. That's why you have to sometimes can you re- just can you write still. a blog post about it and yes. I will make a drawing. Yes, I will. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna make a note of that. Content calendar in the making. Right. Obsessions! My current obsession. Okay. You're. Oh. No, I want you to start first. (laughs) Tell me about the fan. I'm so obsessed. Um, Exactly. Update us. It's such. A huge project. Of course it is. <laughs> I thought it would be done already. But of not. I had my first night in the van mm. already. Yeah. I went to Urok, which is like a, a rock festival. Yeah, oh somewhere. that's fun. And I Isn't it called Uro? No, that's yeah, but this is a different one. Oh it's <laughs> okay, like a, a, a Urok. It's okay. like a rock oh, festival. Oh the, f- the it's, first it's, it's okay. also in the north. Yeah, okay. Uh 
uh, and um, it's awesome. Okay. And but I woke up and I saw this beautiful field mm. in the morning. It is so amazing. Nice. And Good I have the you. powers working. Cool. I, I can charge my laptops. Awesome. I have a fan. It's working, and it's like I still have to insulate and. You know, are you with your regular car today? Or I'm with the van. I'm with the regular okay. car. Okay, next time bring I a van. I have two cars. Over you there. do, you I fancy have like man. A, 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 a fleet of cars. You have a fleet of cars. Oh, amazing. <sighs> okay. Okay. You ain't go. You do your next one Thursday, uh, next, and then I'll end with mine. Also, I can use the bus to go flying, <laughs> which I'm still doing. I just got an email. And my my um I um uh, gliding pilot mm-hmm, thing yeah. you know how's that going is, which is another obsession yeah um I have too many obsessions mm-hmm. um uh, I have too many obsessions to be obsessed do you yeah, know what so I mean you, you have so, to spread your attention yeah I can I, I I'm having real difficulty but that also means that you love a lot of things which is really really good yeah right I like me mm-hmm. doing that yeah. Um, but it's a challenge. Sure. It's hard. It's okay. hard yeah. to spread my attention because it's like, I, I, I feel like I'm neglecting the van when mm. I'm doing something else. It's like so. picking between your favorite children. Oh, yeah, it's hard. Or picking your, that's, that sounds fucked up. Like you would already have children and then some of them would be your favorite. I mean, you have to pick. Like Eric Trump. <laughs> yes. You have to pick which one is your favorite, basically. It's yeah. like Sophie's Choice. You have to pick between them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but flying email. Um, so I told you I was uh, uh, gonna glide, glide, yeah. And I have, I already have like six. Oh my god! S- uh, starts and landings, cool. and it is the most amazing thing in the world. That's so ever. cool. Ever. That's amazing. Uh, so um, that was my trial period, mm-hmm. and um, they don't really let everybody in. No. And you have to be like, uh, you know, uh, go through some screening, screening. And they, they, and I just got an email that I'm accepted. (gasps) Congratulations. You're into flying school. Yes. I am now officially a a pilot in training. Pilot in training. That's amazing. I am so happy. That's awesome. It's so great up there. It's so great up there. You know what? I actually, I, I'm a complete weirdo because I re-listen our podcast, especially the week before we do one, because I want to hear on which areas I can improve, like in terms of diction or oh. uh, the way I talk or saying um or whatever. Diction. And I was listening to uh, you talking about going gliding. And then I say something like, I'm such a pussy. I like, yeah. I would be I so scared. That. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But you're not scared at all, are you? Uh, no. No. Amazing. <laughs> so good. No, I, I'm I'm I I won't say that I don't have any. Uh, no, you have jitters, I, probably jitters sure. or emotions. Yeah, sure. uh, it it definitely makes you feel alive. Yeah, but um, I'm not scared, scared. Okay, good. I mean, I mean, come on, it's what I want. Awesome. I would be scared to not do it. Then that's a very good. I would sign. be scared for my life. Like, oh, I'm I'm going to be so afraid that mm. I'm going to die not having flown. Yeah, no, that's not good. That uh, yeah. that's scary. Th- that scares that's me. That's really scary. That's me. a beautiful way to think about yeah, that. But this, I'm so happy that I'm finally doing it. Good for you. Yeah, and it gets me a tan. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. All right. What's your obsession? Okay, mine is um, a contradiction with my no Twitter rule, but I ha- <laughs> have to share it because I've been obsessed with this for like months. Um, it's only useful for Dutch listeners, but I'm sure that there's accounts like this for the UK, the US, any sort of country that you are in. I'm following a crime reporter on Twitter who live tweets courts. Courts. So whenever there's a case of like you're being charged with the murder on your wife or you're being uh, charged with the rape of the this and that, uh, the, the, this girl or you're uh, charged with the theft of whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Saskia Belleman, who is the crime reporter for Telegraaf, which is it's a Dutch newspaper. Um, and she live tweets the proceedings of these cases in the courtrooms. Really? And it's That's so cool. incredibly interesting because and like it's actually really, really thrilling to she writes it down quite well for someone who has to use 140 symbols at the time. Mm. And she she does a very good like she makes a very good report of it. And um she um she 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 does really interesting cases so for instance the one that i've been following um that i followed before was um there was this rape case uh from like the utrecht rapist which is someone who raped eight girls over the period of like two years or something in utrecht which was actually very very scary for a lot of people especially women living in Utrecht because basically they, they knew that there was a rapist on the loose uh, and um, even though I'm not supposed to be on Twitter but occasionally I do look at her account because now she is live tweeting the court case of uh, an ex-husband who was charged with the murder on his ex-wife he basically killed her with ether and choking her like with putting a pillow on her head um, while their three children were in the the house and his two daughters were actually in the room, the youngest daughter sleeping and the oldest daughter standing in the doorway. And he's... he what? Yeah, and he, like she also like tweets what the what the accused say and what the what the attorneys say and what the what the judges ask and, and all of that. And what the... Um, and the, what uh, his lawyer says. What the lawyers say. To defend him. Yeah, and it's does just... He, does she say that? Yes, she puts all of it out there, oh, and wow. it's just so interesting. A because like for every single one of the accused, there's often there's an overwhelming amount of evidence, and they just go, I don't know where that came from, and I don't know what that is. Oh no, that's completely misconstrued. No, but it's actually like this, and there's no verifiable evidence for the, like in there. Oh, that's um, yeah, in there. <laughs> nope, for them. But yeah. it's really annoying to listen to because you yeah, know, like, yeah. dude, you walked up the stairs yeah. with a like with a little. What do you call that tissue? Yeah, yeah, with a with a tissue or a cloth with like chemicals on it, and you put it on her mouth, and then you put a pillow on her head. Of course, you killed her. <laughs> no, yeah, it's possible that she could have died because of that. No, dude, it's not possible. That's what happened. Is that what a lawyer says? No, that's what he. That's what the accused said. He he speaks. Yeah, sometimes the accused actually they get questioned in the courtroom. Oh. So it's super, super interesting and okay. like also very frustrating because then you think, oh my God, these people are out there. Yeah. Like people that are really, really dumb and people that are really, why, really why, scary. You, why Why do you... Um, I don't know. I'm just so obsessed <laughs> with it. I just, I just have this fascination for, for them and how that works. And I find people very interesting. Mm-hmm. And these are people that I would never meet yeah. uh, up close, luckily for me. Uh, in any type of situation and this just gives you an insight in that particular world and in those particular people 
Okay. And I just, I just, I just, I just find it fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah, and I think that a lot, and of course, we're all fascinated by these morbid things. I know it's morbid. I know it's morbid to read about like murder and stuff, but it's fascinating still. Did Did you see the the O.J. Simpson? I did documentary? not. Not yet. People say it's amazing. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, maybe I should watch that. Yeah. Plus, you should because it's where the Kardashians all started. <laughs> it's it's God culture. It. It's it always culturally. Very it always comes relevant. down to the Kardashians, doesn't it? Always it always comes down to the Kardashians. <laughs> I think that the Kardashian I was, bingo. I was, I was, I was um, uh, texting a girl with a mm-hmm. girl, and uh, we, we were having like this <laughs> deep conversation really fast. Yeah, and she was like, "Wow, this is a deep conversation." Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> and I said. Well, I can talk about the Kardashians if you want. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny! And then, what did she say? And then I said, "Ha um, uh, uh, ha!" Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then I said, "But I can also speak. I I can also talk deeply about, about the, Kardashians. the Kardashians." And she said, "Hang on, my panties just dropped. Let me go get them." <laughs> no, did she not say that? Because I assure you, that's what happened. Is there an emoji for that? <laughs> I don't know. There should be. My panties just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Is there an emoji for that? We should make one. We should make that. That's another drawing prompt yeah. for oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Kardashians. Yeah. I think that the Kardashians are a brilliant way to end our show. Yeah. So in this episode, we basically brought back our segment, 30 Day Challenges. Um, I'm currently doing an offline challenge. I'm not on social media at the moment. But don't worry, I will come back and I l- will love you regardless or not, where, whether I'm there or not. Andrew is going to draw and I'm going to give Andrew a prompt from time to time to draw. Yay. Then we talked about Radical Candor, the book by Gim Scott, which is basically a book for managers, but you can read it even though you're not a manager, about how to express what you think is important to give criticism and to be honest. And it's a very helpful book if you struggle with just saying what you feel or giving criticism or giving feedback when someone else might intimidate you or whatever. So it's a good book. And then we talked about our pop culture pleasures. Mine were The Office, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, obviously, and The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And um, Andrews were Master of None, the TV show, and all the Trump comedy, the Trump comedy goal that exists because there's a horrible president currently in the United States. And finally, we talked about our obsessions, and Andrews were his van, which is a work in progress still, and his flying. And he's just been accepted into flying school. Woo! Yay, Andrew! Woo! <laughs> and mine was Saskia Bellemann from uh, Telegraph. Which is very interesting. Yes. I will totally check that out. Yes. Oh, which brings us to what's our next book? Yeah. The next book. So our next book is one that I saw and I was just like, okay, we are definitely reviewing that. <laughs> because this is the book, the follow-up after You Are a Badass of How to Release Your Inner Badass. This is how to be a badass when it comes to making money by Jen Sincero. I cannot wait to read this book. There we go. It's going to be amazing. Again. Talk about money. money. So that is that about concludes our show. I can't wait to talk about money. No, I know. I'm excited. I, I, our, our episode of... Can, um, I, can, can, can you write something about money? Or, I can try. Or, because yeah. I want to draw something about money. Yeah, I can and write I something about money. Write about money. Oh, let's do it. I don't know. But um, <laughs> if you if you want to hear us talk about money more, there's one episode that we did about 
Money, A Love Story by Kate Northrup, which is, I, th- I think, one of her yep. best episodes. And if you like our podcast, please subscribe and review and do whatever to make sure that we know that you like our podcast. We always love to hear that. Yay. And if you have other feedback based on this particular episode and book, the you place, can also yeah, let us know yeah, yeah. any anytime. You know, the place to comment is the blog the blog yeah that's easiest so, so on the selfhelpipster.com yeah. when i post uh, the the link to the podcast yeah that's where it happens that's where the magic happens that's where the best conversation goes yes all right so guys talk to you later bye thanks for listening